welcome to Raindrops on Roses, a podcast where we talk about a few of our favorite things. I'm Caroline. And I'm Ryan. And it has been several weeks since we got the chance to talk about a few of our favorite things. Um, For those of you who don't know us, but I'm sure you all do, because the only people that listen to this podcast are people that know us. Um, Caroline and I are in college now. Woo! Raindrops on Roses College Edition. Caroline, where are you broadcasting from? I'm broadcasting from Montclair State University in northern New Jersey. Woo! And where are you broadcasting, Brian? I'm broadcasting from Geneva, New York, Hobart and William Smith College. So it's been a while since Ryan and I were able to catch up. So everyone, all, all our dear, our dear listener will be able to catch up with us, with us. Yeah. We're going to do a bit of a pop culture update. Not affiliated with Lauren Michaels, long running, long standing, widely acclaimed um, late night comedy special bit weekend update. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Not at all. Not affiliated. Not inspired by. In no way. In no way. I don't. I actually have no idea who Colin Jost and Michael Che are. I actually have never heard the name Lauren Michaels in my entire life. I've actually. I actually don't even know what day of the week Saturday is. So let alone night live. Um, Correct. So yeah, Caroline, why don't you kick us off? What have you been doing since our last podcast, which was I don't even know when. It, I think it was the Oscar episode. Was it actually? Can we, can I have an update as I re-listened to the Oscars podcast the other day? Yeah, this, like, is, this is an Oscars reaction podcast now. So we never got to talk about the slap. We never got to podcast. talk about the slap. We never got to talk about the slap. And when I went back and listened to our Oscars episode just probably three days ago, I noticed that when we were predicting, we correctly predicted that Will Smith would win the Oscar. But then we said, we support Will Smith. This is a pro-Will Smith podcast. What we didn't know, Ryan. What we didn't know. The things we didn't know. Oh, God. Um, I would like to take a moment to reflect on the fact that that entire podcast, all I really was doing was advocating Kate Blanchett. And I would love to say that in my time since the last Oscar seasons, I've like grown as a person and come to realize that the attractiveness of women should not be my sole factor in how people should do at the Oscars. Like it's about performance. It's about everybody that's involved in the movie. And I really would like to say that I've grown and developed as a person since then. However, Kate Blanchett is up for another Oscar this year. And really just in my heart of hearts, I have to be a Kate Blanchett fan. Like I really, I'm really thinking that this is the year. I think she's going for the magic number three. I don't really see, I have feelings towards Kate Blanchett and her Oscars, as many Bills fans do to the Bills winning the Super Bowl. And you know what? This is going to be the year for both. So you're so right, Ryan. That's all I have to Speaking say. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, tomorrow's a big day. Big, a big day. Big day. Big, big day. Uh, will you be so, watching um, from the confines of your dorm or will you be going out so, to a Bills bar? So I will not be going to a Bills bar um, and because I would have to find someone to go with. And the only person who would go with me is my roommate. But my roommate is bad luck for the Buffalo Bills. Here's how I know. During the Ravens game, Bills were terrible the first first half. And then Sam left the dorm. They were down 20 to 3. And my roommate left the dorm. Then we scored a touchdown. And then halftime. And then back into the third quarter, we tied up the game. 
my roommate comes back, we catch an interception, and then we botch the drive. It was a three and out. Oh, yeah. Then I was like, okay, let me test this out. And I left, which is when Jordan Poyer caught the second interception that won us the game. So I can't watch Bill's games with my roommate. So I will be watching either, if she's in the dorm, I will be watching from the lounge that's on the other end of my hallway. Mm -hmm. And they might even have it on the TV down there, it depends. Uh, If not, if she is not here, I will be watching it in my dorm room. Also, did you hear about the dispute going on with cable providers and how it affects the Buffalo Bills? I have not heard about this dispute but I know that it's always been like a weird weirdly broadcasted for the Bills games so I was literally where was I I was sitting like in the dining hall or something this morning and I got a text from my uncle in like our family group chat that said wait let me quote this because it's actually pretty funny (laughs) I would just like to while you're pulling this up say that my watching of the Bills games does not rely on any cable provider because I simply rely on a series of two-week free subscriptions to YouTube TV with a different fake email and VPN address every two weeks. I will not, most likely, unless they have it on my floor, I will be watching it on a Facebook live stream in the Bills Mafia International Facebook group. Ah, amazing. Um, My uncle texted, Biden better have the National Guard ready to deploy to Buffalo if Channel 4 doesn't carry the game. To which I responded, tomorrow's game, isn't it nationally televised except a couple places? Which it is, because this is a big game. People want to see this game. Verizon is in a dispute with Channel 4 and stopped carrying Channel 4. Oh. So Verizon customers are going to have a bit of a problem viewing the Bills game tomorrow. That's unfortunate because I am a Verizon's customer. So RIP to my to my home television and my father. RIP, Mr. Brady. RIP, Mr. Brady. He's on my YouTube subscription, Fair. so he Fair. should be fine. Yes. Uh, but... Enough about the Bills, because if I think about them too much before the game, I will end up jinxing it, actually. Yes, actually. So, what have you been up to in your times at college so far? I truthfully have not been up to much. Um, It's been a lot of writing papers. It's been a lot of um, falling asleep at the library. It's been a lot of uh, falling asleep. Um, I have also done a lot of falling asleep. I just don't think that high school and to Christina Held Halsing, this you can take this directly to the Mount administration. I don't think there's enough time built in the day for like a regular high schooler who has extracurriculars day for naps. I think it's a very underrated type thing of the day. I've taken a lot of naps since being here. I'm really appreciating my class structure that allows me to sleep in between almost every class. Yes. Um, I, I fell asleep on a park bench today. Um, it was just really pretty. The leaves were falling, woke up covered in leaves. It was just a good temperature. It just seemed like a good thing to do to fall asleep outside. And so that's been a lot of my college time. A lot of writing papers about Italian cinema, which I will never complain about. A lot of um, 
going to D3 sports games and a lot of uh, I've, sleeping. I have also, so. I've gone to, a, I've gone to one or two D3 sporting events. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've also been doing a lot of falling asleep, writing papers. I've had to write a couple speeches. Ooh, uh, okay. I, I will a good actually, hopefully we have to do a persuasive speech in my speech class and I may or may not write it on why I think the bills are going to the Super Bowl. But As you should. I, forget, I, I can't write it until after tomorrow. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it like that. Uh, but I actually, our listener, our dear listener, our only um, consistent listener, Christina Held-Halsing, I did give her a shout out in my monologue that I just had to write for my theater and society class. Uh, not, not by name. I just mentioned... AP European history. Oh. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Good. Anyways. Do you want to move on? Um to, to some pop pop culture moments? To some pop culture moments. I I I have a question supposed to, to you, Caroline. And if you need a moment to pull up your letterbox, um, I'll allow it. What are your top three movies that you have seen in between the last Oscar season and now? So do, do they have to be new movies? Because I honestly have not watched a lot of like new like theater movies. Um, no, it can be any movie okay. that you haven't seen before. Any movie that okay. you hadn't seen previously. Okay, so this would be since this would be since when April-ish? Since, yeah, I'll say April. April, May. Okay. You said top three. All top right. So three. So theatrical wise, I did see Top Gun Maverick. Ah, which, yes. Honestly, eight. Um, it, yeah, I'm a big fan of the planes going fast. Big fan of Miles Teller as a concept. <laughs> so, I think it was a sequel done very, very well. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched. There's a, there's a few that were really good. I watched When Harry Met Sally, uh-huh, which I loved. yes, and I watched Almost Famous for the first time mm, is that one good? great okay. I, it's really good uh I would also like to give an honorable mention to oh the American president written by Aaron Sorkin starring <laughs> starring Michael Douglas and Annette Benning. uh Ryan you're familiar with both myself and my mother's taste in <laughs> television and movies I am. I texted my mother after I watched it. I said, have you seen The American President? She said, with an F. Bennett? Of course I have, because <laughs> it's amazing. So that because it's amazing. Of what kind of movie it is. Uh, really good speeches, really improbable plot, but they talk fast and they sound smart. So I liked it. What As are you your should. top what are your top three favorite movies you've seen since last Oscar season? Um, so I'm actually, I'm able to do this with movies that have just come out in 2022. Um, I'm actually going to take, even though I'm the one that posed the question, I'm going to take it in a different direction. I have to say that my favorite one that I have seen is Elvis. Okay. I just haven't been able to stop thinking about that movie and I want to see it again. Sorry. Um, yeah, I really, I really just love that movie and I want to see it again. I would like to throw out like an honorable mention slash most underrated movie of 2022 to Nicolas Cage's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. 
Did you see it? I did not, but I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks like a movie I would like. Caroline, it's a movie you would love, actually. Okay. So The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the plot is basically Nick Cage is playing himself. Like, it is it is Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. Quite literally. Like, like. Like, literally. Not like the role was made for him. Like, his literal. Like he's, playing, like he's, he's literally playing, playing Nicolas Cage. He's literally playing Nicolas Cage. And it's him as, like, a post-career washed-out actor who is, like, kind not desperate for money, but, like, is looking for a way to maintain his lifestyle. And he gets a call from some random guy on, like, a Greek island who I believe is played by... Is it Pedro Pascal? I think it is Pedro Pascal. I love Pedro it is, Pascal. It is Pedro... It is confirmed Pedro Pascal. I'm a big... Um, this is a Mandalorian positive podcast. It is. So... And this... He's like, I love your films. I loved you. I've always wanted to be like an actor I will pay you to come to my island and like entertain this party that I'm having and so he does he goes and they become best friends and this Pedro Pascal is basically like world's number one himbo and it's just the two of them getting up to best friend activities they do a lot of drugs there's a lot of hallucination work happening which I love in a movie and you know um things ensue I won't spoil the plot like it's kind of action adventure like there's car chases drug cartel involved with a very big plot twist an M. Night Shyamalan-esque plot twist at the end of the movie um overall it was, I thought it was very fresh like very never done before um and it didn't get the appreciation that it deserved especially for like Nick Cage's actual acting performance in the movie and then my third movie of 2022 is Note um, oh I you heard seen that it? was good I have not but I've heard it was good Nope is a phenomenal movie if you watch it having not seen like any of the trailers or predictions or anything for it because I Mm -hmm. think it was a little bit I'm not going to say mispromoted but they chose to promote it in a way that I think strays a little bit from what the actual movie is so you kind of have to go with an open mind but I think that that is definitely one of the films of the year and um definitely I think an Oscar contender which I don't think a lot of people like would look at Nope and be like oh my god like that's an Oscar winning movie but I think they're underestimating like the the power that Jordan Peele has and like the attention Mm -hmm. that he creates like that he draws with his movies like I think people are going to recognize his talent more than the movie itself here's a question because we know the academy is really trying to like get people to watch the Oscars like they really want people to watch the Oscars do you think Top Gun Maverick is going to get nominated for best picture because it might it's so tricky because like the way that I view it Top Gun Maverick being nominated for an Oscar goes against almost everything that the original Top Gun stood for correct me if I'm wrong but I don't believe the original Top Gun has any nominations I don't know that off the top of my head, but unless it was like sound design and visual effects and stuff. Because I, I'm under the impression that like the original 86 Top Gun was kind of just like Tom Cruise is hot. Planes are a thing now. Like military propaganda. Yeah. Military propaganda put some like funky music in the background. And so in my mind, like Top Gun Maverick like winning the best picture for Oscars is wrong like I feel like it goes against the sort of premise of the original that's fair 
Sorry, I'm just trying Googled to find it. out if it was. It was. I did win best original song for "Take My Breath Away." As it should. That As song, it should. That song rocks, and it was nominated for film editing, sound, and sound effects. So okay, yeah. I mean, with with what they did with those with those planes, those planes were going fast, and they were, they were in the plane. They're getting nominated for visual effects, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won. See, I would love to be able to make the comparison um, of Top Gun Maverick doing a circuit similar to what Dune did last year. I, that's honestly, but I don't, I don't know if they have the necessarily the sound editing for it. That and the cinematography. If Top right. Gun Maverick wins Best Cinematography, I kid you not, I kid you not, I'm never going to watch a movie again in my life. I literally can't well, stand the Academy. Well, isn't well, isn't Elvis Best just Best Cinematography bait? Okay, but hear me out. The Boz Lerman best director bait of because when it comes to like, a, well, this is my thought. Process. It is when a it, Boz Lerman thing more when than it a comes. Yeah, thing. when it comes to a movie as stylized as Elvis, people are gonna watch that and think Boz Lerman's like That's creative true. control, not like best cinematography. Which is why I understand why Dune won best cinematography. However. I can't stand any more old white men winning Academy Awards for cinematography for just wide sweeping landscape shots. I can't, I can't do it. When are we going to give Wes Anderson's um, cinematographer, Robert Yellman, the recognition that he deserves within the Academy? When does Wes, like, I'm not it's saying- It's so good. I'm not- It's so good. I don't want people to misinterpret this to me saying that the French Dispatch should have won Best Cinematography because I don't think that, but I think that Robert Yellman deserves more. Yeah. He deserves more. Yes. Asteroid, Asteroid, if there's any movie, Sands Grand Budapest Hotel, that deserves, like, Oscar nods, it's going to be Asteroid City, which is the Wes Anderson movie with the most star-studded cast yet coming out this year. So Very excited. Very, very excited. Speaking of movies with star-studded casts um, that we thought were going to be bangers, let's talk Don't Worry Darling. Let's, oh, let's get into great. some controversy. Have you seen the movie? I have. I have seen the movie. I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. I was going to go see it one day. I went to the city instead. Ah, yes. Uh, but... I can speak to the drama. Okay. To the, um, pop, this is what, to the pop culture impact of it all. So you talked about the movie. Okay. And this is what I have to say about the movie. I did not give it the full undivided attention that I would have liked to give it. I was a little bit like distracted. Like I would have liked to see it. Um, I would have liked to have been able to pay a little bit more attention to the movie. Um, but from what I did see, is it a good movie? Yes. Did I enjoy watching it? Yes. Is it is it what we thought that it was going to be? Like, not not necessarily. I don't like Olivia Wilde. I don't know what this speaks to the drama. It's like a me personally thing. I thought that she forced the character that she played into the movie a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely kind of like building up her own part. And I, th- I think for me, the cinematography could have been a little bit sharper. It was a little bit messy. Like, the movie as a whole, like, just wasn't, it was a little bit messy. However, I thought the plot was incredible. I thought the writing was very yeah. good. I thought, like, the actors were good. And to say something about Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, I would like to pull a quote from TikTok, which was, 
Harry Styles acting next to Florence Pugh would be like me trying to play basketball next to LeBron James. I really like that viewpoint because I'm not yeah. dissing Harry's acting. I'm simply saying that there's very few people you could put next to Florence Pugh that wouldn't look like an idiot. Yes. Um, so weigh in on that. <laughs> so I haven't seen the movie, but I have, I, I am on Don't Worry Darling TikTok as you would expect of me. And so I know basically what happens and I know the twist at the end, even though I would have not like to gotten that spoiled for me. But should I, should I speak to the drama surrounding it? If you, if you, if you want to be so bold. All right. So if, for our dear listener, if you're not following the drama, I will explain it. So Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde started dating on the set of the movie, correct? Correct. So they started dating on the set of this movie, which is like, that's, that's only like, that's only like a small fragment of the actual drama. Harry Styles was actually a replacement. It was supposed to be Shia LaBeouf. And Shia LaBeouf is famously not a good guy. Like he, it, go read up on FKA Twigs. It's a whole thing. Florence Pugh said, hi, Olivia Wilde. I'm not comfortable working with Shia LaBeouf. So you have to pick between me or Shia LaBeouf. And so Olivia Wilde. Which, by the way, up- Florence was entirely within her right to do that. Yes. As a, a, the star of the show with, if I'm not mistaken, a producer's credit, um, who's also in not one, but I believe three other movies actively shooting at the same time as Don't Worry Darling or in the Probably. pre- pre and or post production process because I know for certain there was Oppenheimer there's Black Widow too it was Black Widow Oppenheimer and then she had the other period piece come out recently and yeah she had this one this period piece it was like um a streaming services only movie okay Okay. and if I'm not mistaken they would have been in very early talks for Asteroid City yes and Hawkeye as well Right. So, so needless to say, homegirl can basically like, she is in the position in Hollywood right now to pick and choose what she wants to do. So, and especially considering what I know, the content of the movie, like she was within her right to be uncomfortable and say, these are not scenes I'm comfortable to perform with this person. Yes, that's very correct. Okay. So Olivia Wilde ends up picking Florence Pugh. She has to let Shia LaBeouf go movie goes on filming there's a lot of like discussion of an uncomfortable working environment even after Shia LaBeouf was gone whatever blah 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 press tour comes around which I'm gonna keep inserting injecting my opinions um there's been a lot of like backlash and then backlash to the backlash of people saying like oh it was such an uncomfortable set to work on don't worry darling and then people being like I sh- people are very quick to criticize Olivia Wilde for the environment on set which I am like yes I don't I'm not 100% on board with her directing styles or her as a person however a lot of the information was getting like misconstrued and blown out of proportion due to the fact that she is a woman and that Florence was also heavily involved in the drama especially when it moved on to press tour and social media stuff people were very quick to criticize like Olivia and what was happening on set in a way that I don't believe a man would have been criticized in that same position so Mm -hmm. I just want to keep like 
Yes. Not to be like devil's advocate because yes. I don't. You made, a t- I, you made a TikTok about that, didn't you? I did make a TikTok about this. I don't like Olivia, so I'm not trying to be like, oh, like you should feel for her. But I'm just saying that like, as like a female director, it's not easy. Um, yeah. And things so, definitely got blown out of proportion. Yes. So press tour comes around. Florence Pugh is not there. And people are like, Florence Pugh is the star of the movie. Why isn't she on this press tour? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was mainly just like Harry Styles and Chris Pine and Olivia Wilde doing the press tour. And Nick Kroll. And Nick Kroll. Nick, Nick Kroll was carrying like Nick Kroll, Nick Kroll a lot carried. Of, he he carried a lot of that that press weight. Yes. yes. So Florence Pugh isn't there. People are like, huh, that's weird. A video gets leaked. Uh I believe Shia LaBeouf himself leaked it. Yeah. Of Olivia Wilde who filmed the video of herself like talking to Shia LaBeouf saying like before she decided to let Shia LaBeouf go and keep Florence Pugh on she was talking about Florence Pugh and the big the big part of the video that I took that people took away was when Olivia Wilde said Miss Flo which she and by the way this is like this is not like stirred up celebrity drama like doctored text messages this is like literally the the worst thing that she could have put herself saying on film like yes she said miss flow in like a derogatory way and that video got leaked and people were like oh my god what how terrible like why would she say these things women supporting women of her correct so was it was it the premiere or venice that the premiere team that the that her team wore the shirts that said miss flow Oh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I feel like it was Venice. I w- I wanted to say Venice. I think it's. I think it was Venice. So, uh, her there were pictures of Florence Pugh getting ready for. I believe it was the Venice Film Festival. It may have been the premiere. Don't worry, darling. It was one of those, and Florence Pugh's team is wearing shirts that say Miss Flow. So we know that Florence Pugh is aware of this there was talk that Florence Pugh actually wasn't going to be at the Venice Film Festival. She, they were having like a panel with the cast and they were like, oh yes, Florence has uh, press, uh, other obligations for shooting other things because she is shooting other movies right now and she can't be here. Meanwhile, Florence Pugh actually was there. She arrived late to Venice and came in the beautiful purple ensemble. Icon behavior. She was holding an Aperol spritz. She was kind of slaying. So then the premiere at Venice happened. There there seemed to be some very strategic seating arrangements uh, of the cast in that row. I don't remember exactly how it was, but it was like Chris Pine being a barrier between Harry and Florence and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, it was definitely Chris. Chris Pine was definitely next to Harry Styles, because there's a video on the internet which has caused a lot of controversy. Did or did Harry Styles not spit on Chris Pine? There's I a video. don't think he did. I think it I was a very doctored did. perspective. I don't think so because there's literally no reason for him to spit on Chris Pine. But what was he doing? I know. Like, what was he doing? <laughs> like, I don't th- like. Why would he spit on Chris Pine? But also, why did he, like, make that motion with his mouth? Like, what was that? 
for a pop star that arguably should have like a better grasp of fan interactions and press than a movie star that man really did not know what and, he was doing and Harry Styles has been in the public eye for years and years for years and he really and just he faced so much off. with one direction and like like pop that was a that was a paparazzi era yeah yeah. And then for him to deliver such lines as, I really like this movie because it feels like a movie. Like, you're, it, you're better than that. Ryan, did it, did it feel like a movie? Did it feel like a movie? It felt, you know, it did feel like a movie. I liked it because it does, it feels like a movie. It feels like a movie. I like this so, podcast because it feels, it feels like, a like a podcast. Does it feel like a podcast? It, no no it doesn't it feels like i'm on facetime yeah um but did i did i get all the don't worry darling drama did i do it yeah there was like some like filler moments in between the drama that we thought was important before the next big oh, the, thing came oh, up the like chris, the social the chris media pine, thing there was the chris pine taking pictures of florence Pugh. that was cute the cl- the, chris pine he, taking looked, pictures of florence. he looked like amy poehler and mean girls and then, like, even before all that, like, Florence promoting Oppenheimer on her page and not promoting Don't Worry Darling, yeah. and then Olivia putting out the cryptid Instagram message about, like, thanking Flo for her work on the movie. And then just, mm-hmm. like, one more thing I'd like to acknowledge, which is people saying that, people that worked on the movie saying that Florence, because of Olivia's, like, negligence, was forced to take on more of a director role on the film, mm-hmm. which is another reason that I'm always hesitant to criticize the film knowing that like Olivia ended up being like a very like a big actor in it and you know acting and juggling mm-hmm. acting and directing but then also Florence having to step up not only being like the phenomenal lead actress but you know handling probably a lot with easing tensions with the crew and actually moving things forward when Olivia was handling like personal issues so mm-hmm. basically she carried this movie on her back <laughs> yes one more thing to discuss relating to the press tour of Don't Worry Darling, but this happened months ago. Have we covered Olivia Wilde getting served divorce papers at Comic-Con while <laughs> promoting this movie? I don't think we have. I, I, it, there's not much to cover. It was just really a moment. And to the people and also me, who um, was she, who she divorced to? Jason Sudeikis. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. What a man. Slaying Ted Lasso. I saw the funniest. Oh my gosh. It was, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I just watched an episode where he is in it playing like the most minor character for literally two minutes in like a nonsense (laughs) episode where he clearly is like a man at the height of his fame at the time that this like came Mm -hmm. out. And it was, it was just very classic. It's always sunny in Philadelphia to like probably blow their entire budget like Danny DeVito is wearing a garbage bag the thing looks like it was shot on a camcorder but for some reason Jason Sudeikis is there playing like the high school Mm ex-boyfriend anyways I appreciated seeing his face for a little bit I've got another pop culture moment to talk about that happened recently all right the queen died Ryan the queen did die and that's a sensitive topic Sorry, the, the, the switch, the switching up of pace over here. The queen did die. Um, I was gonna say that's a sensitive topic to our history teacher listener. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. 
do we have anything to dissect on the like media angle of her death because i haven't been following it not uh, did you so they scheduled charles's coronation oh did you hear about this did you hear about this no (gasps) oh boy yes guess when they scheduled it for her death date nope may 6th you know whose birthday is may 6th hers megan and harry's kid oh that's something yeah they couldn't they they're literally 300 they, like the whole thing is like they have to do it on a saturday it's always on a saturday okay there are 52 saturdays in a year yeah you couldn't have picked the one that isn't and even if like quite literally the saturday before or after that and the fact that it's megan and you think they would ever do that to one of Willie no. Gates kids no 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 that's literally insane I saw that and I went <gasps> and like it's the royal family you know that they weren't just like oh pick a random day or like oh it was an oversight like you no, know they knew and poor and what and I just want to say poor Meghan Markle because the minute the minute those two got to England all the cameras on them the this is not a Daily Mail supportive podcast. This is not a Daily Mail supportive podcast. If any of our listener is the Daily Mail, you are not welcome here. <laughs> Leave immediately. <laughs> Leave. Stop listening. Our podcast is going to end. This, this Zoom is going to end. So we're going to take a break if the ad gets emailed to the Raindrops on Roses podcast email. It might. Might not. We might Who's just take a say? break. We might take a break with no ad. We might take a break with an ad. Let's find out here now now <laughs> all right back into the um wait let me tell let me tell you something all right so you, you know how i said in the group chat the other day i auditioned for a short film yeah so it's a sophomore filmmaking bfa and i knew i knew the girl like before i auditioned right and so i auditioned on wednesday and she said okay we'll let you know by like sunday so she was in the improv show on mm-hmm. campus and i and like they were like mingling with the audience like as we walked in and i went last night and I came in and I was like, oh my God, hi, Sophie. And she was like, keep an eye on your email this weekend. Now, why would she say it like that unless? Wait, 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 back up. I'm confused. What happened? So the girl who's directing the short film that I auditioned for, the girl that yeah. I auditioned for, I knew her like already. You're friends with her. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not like, I'm not like in her friend group, but like I'm, I know her. Right, right. And so I went into the, I went into the sh- into the show that she was in an improv show and I went to the show yeah, and yeah. she was like there and I was like oh my god hi Sophie and she went check your email this weekend oh so basically you got the part interesting I guess we'll find out I guess we'll find out I guess soon. we'll find out hopefully she's doing the improv show right now round <laughs> night two of MILF which stands for Montclair Improv League and Friends I love it's starting it. right now I know it's American Horror Milf. The next one American is the the next milf. the next one is the Hunger Milfs. All right. So, so what, what other, else do we have to digest? You sent me something else world. other than the you sent me something else other than the Queen dying when we were discussing this. Let me see if I can find it. Me scrolling. I'm trying to think of any pop culture shocks that I have felt over these past couple months. Um, I truly have really only been following Kate Blanchett's career. 
That's fair. That's fair. Kate Blanchett's slaying. Tar. I, we, I'll take I'll take a brief moment of the pod to talk about Tar only because you insist. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. If you don't know, Tar is an upcoming movie directed by Todd Field. It releases on October 28th. It stars Kate Blanchett. It is about a um female conductor who is at the top of her field. And it's not based on a true um person, but it's a female conductor who's at the top of her field. And I think it's about facing a little bit of like sexism, facing a little bit about a little mental challenge, like mental creative block as a conductor of an orchestra. But Kate Blanchett is a lesbian. She falls in love with her first chair violinist. And there's some drama that goes down between her and her young daughter and, and some just very much um, like a, a film following like a person on the verge of a mental breakdown. I've seen it be compared to Whiplash. I've seen it be compared to Spencer. Um, mm-hmm. some, some, interesting, some interesting references, but every single review, whether positive or negative about the film has said that this is Kate Blanchett giving a masterclass in acting. Everybody says that this is her at the best they've ever seen her, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. So I am very set, even though this is not our Oscar prediction pod, that this is Blanchett's third Oscar. Yes. Amazing. Speaking of Tar, so this is I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how these connections were made. So okay, I was listening to the Big Picture podcast. Yes, and they, I don't know if both of them saw Tar. It might have just been Sean Fennessy who saw Tar. He said it was great. Said Kate Blanchett was amazing. Speaking of the Big Picture, did I tell you how I was on the Big Picture podcast? No. Okay. So they were doing a. They had their 500th episode, Slade 500 episodes. Congratulations, the Big Picture Podcast. They oh, we they guys. were they were doing a mailbag episode, but instead mm-hmm. of doing it by tweets or whatever, they set up like a phone number where you could call and leave a voicemail. Oh, so I left a voicemail, and I was on the podcast. Oh my god, what did you say? I said, um, hi. Uh, Sean Amanda, uh, do you want it? I might be able to find it because I know like where it was in the podcast. Oh my god! Because yes. I was so excited. Yes, I'll play it. Oh, mm, big picture, amazing. my last listen to podcast. This is Caroline's claim to fame. While she's finding that, I'll fill in with my recent most listened to podcast, which is always Smartless. Smartless. The Alice and Jenny um, episode was a religious experience for me. The Alice and Jenny episode which I texted Caroline as I do quite often saying I have Amazon music so I get these episodes a week before you and I can tell you as your friend that Alice and Janney is the next episode um and it really was a religious experience and I love those guys and in my ongoing dream where Will Arnett and I meet at Niagara Falls because that's like the natural connection point (laughs) in my head of him being Canadian and me living near Niagara Falls like this is naturally how we're going to meet you're actually you're actually going to meet from across the falls you're going to see like he's going to be on the Canadian side you're going to be on the American side you're going to be like oh my god Will Arnett hello and he's going to say Ryan of Raindrops on Roses yeah <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen I have this like reoccurring like we're going to meet like at Niagara Falls I'm going to be like oh my gosh he's such a big fan we're going to talk about Formula One he's going to invite me to a Formula One race he's going to be impressed with my knowledge he's going to invite me to Hollywood I'm going to meet Jason Bateman and where I truly make my in with the group is that Jason Bateman's going to appreciate my dry sense of humor 
and from then on out, it's it's just it's gonna be best of friends. Right. Of course. Anyways, your voicemail. All right, let's see if I'm at the right spot. Hi, Sean, Amanda, and Bobby. My name is Caroline. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Uh, I love your guys' podcast. It actually inspired me to start my own podcast. Uh, but my question for you guys is, we hear a lot of talk about the quintessential high school movies, you know, Bird, Dazed and Confused, uh, even Grease. Uh, but I'm going into college. I'm starting tomorrow. And I was wondering what you guys think is the quintessential college movie. Thanks, guys. That's great. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So that was my um, appearance on the Big Picture podcast. Great. This is Caroline's claim to fame. Yes. Mm, what other... Do we have any other pop culture moments to discuss? Oh, there have been some Broadway moments. Do we want to hear about the Broadway moments? You can debrief on the Broadway moments. I'm not going to be of much help, but... um, So it's mostly... Okay, Ryan, do you want to hear about Funny Girl or Andrew Lloyd Webber first? Oh, is Andrew Lloyd Webber the bad Cinderella? Yes. Is that? Um, I'd like to hear about Funny Girl because I want to hear your opinion. All right. I don't have much of an opinion other than I think being... So, Funny Girl, there was a Funny Girl revival opened in... Oh, I don't even remember when it opened, but... Beanie Feldstein was the star titular she was the funny girl and she she received majority bad reviews Mm -hmm. so they bring in Leah Michelle Leah Michelle who she was in funny girl on Broadway on like we're literally living in an episode of Glee right now Ryan because the whole thing of Glee was that Leah Michelle like Rachel Berry played funny girl or fanny bryce on broadway so we're literally living in a glee episode right now so leah michelle comes in everybody critics love leah michelle leah michelle's great leah michelle has a beautiful voice she's a terrific singer and actress she's notoriously a terrible person to work with terrible if like i don't even have to explain it if you go and just google leah michelle glee like controversy she's just terrible to the people she works with and it's just not good so I think my theory is that honestly Beanie Feldstein was set up from the beginning Mm. she was set I think she was set up to fail because I I love Beanie Feldstein it's not necessarily a part for her because it is such you need such a specific voice to do Fanny, mm-hmm. you need to be able to sing what Barbara Streisand sang, and Beanie Feldstein has a beautiful voice, but it, it's just not the exact right kind. And mm-hmm. Leah Michelle has the right kind of voice, and that's why she's getting such good reviews and what have you. Beanie Feldstein, she was given the part because number one, she's Jewish, which right. Leah Mich- so Beanie Feldstein is practicing Jewish. Leah Michelle is ethnically Jewish, but she was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Like, I think her dad was Jewish and her mom's Catholic or something like that. Um, so I think that Beanie Feldstein was honestly set up to fail from the beginning. And I think she got less than what she deserved. She, deser- she deserves a different show yeah. to star in and do really, really well in. I, I would also like to shout out Julie Benko 
who was who is the standby yeah and the um Beanie Feldstein's understudy and standby she right now is performing every Thursday because that's Leah Michelle's day off and she's amazing she's very incredible and she was there was a lot of Beanie Feldstein missing shows due to I I don't think they ever confirmed like what it was but I there was a lot of there was a lot of issues yeah in the in the management office of Funny Girl but Julie Benko performed a lot and then in the between between when Beanie Feldstein left and Leah Michelle took the role Julie Benko had the role for I want to say it was like a month and a half two months yeah, yeah. And she yeah. was she got wonderful reviews. She was incredible. So shout out Julie Benko. Shout out Julie Benko. So Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. So Andrew Lloyd Webber, low-key, also kind of similar to Lee Michelle, toxic work environments kind of deal. Mm. He's just like, I mean, he's an he's an old white guy. Like, what do you expect? You know, you, you can't, you're not safe from any of them. He Phantom of the Opera has so phantom of the opera has been getting out of covid like most broadway shows there are a lot of shows closing like in january so phantom of the opera has been having just not a good time coming out of the pandemic and so even though it's the longest running broadway show it has been consistently running at the same theater the same production not the not the same people obviously but the same production has been running since the 80s. I don't remember the exact year, but it's the longest running show. They're, so they're closing their doors in February. Andrew Lloyd Webber said, I want to keep my streak of having a show on Broadway every, all the time since however long it was. Because I think he might've had a show or two before Phantom. Yeah. Like, I don't think Phantom was his first, but like since then he's like always had a show on Broadway. And he didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about it because Phantom was so long running. Mm-hmm. So the so he's putting out a show that premiered on the West End. It's called it was called Cinderella on the West End, but now it's Bad Cinderella. Um and on in the West End, like it was told like it was just like a bad work environment, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're bringing it to Broadway. They're rebranding it Bad Cinderella, which a very viral TikTok video <laughs> came out about the announcement the just the silliest most Andrew Lloyd Webber part of it is that Phantom I might be getting these dates wrong I believe Phantom is closing its stores on February 18th the first preview of Bad Cinderella is going to be February 17th oh yeah the exact overlap yeah I um I think the funny thing about like Andrew Lloyd Webber in the toxic work environment and like that context is that like an institution like Phantom like people aren't going to question it like when you've been running on Broadway since the 80s like you're running on Broadway but he's like kidding himself if he thinks that he can take a show that like has been getting maybe not so great reviews or like bad workplace environment and just like take it to Broadway to keep it strict because of cancel culture now and because of media criticism now like he's not playing like he's not operating on the same level as something like a classic like phantom that like Mm -hmm. is just running and running and running now the other thing is phantoms not going away because so what happened in london in the west end was 
over COVID, their production of Phantom closed its doors and they reopened with a, it's, it's a different production. There's a smaller orchestra. It's a little more scaled back. I think it's mm-hmm. maybe a smaller stage. I'm not really sure. And they reopened that. The Phantom Instagram account like posted something where it was like, haha, I, the Phantom of the Opera, have found that I really like New York City. So don't expect you'll be seeing the last of me. So the theory is that they're probably going to do something like that. There's a tour, the North American tour of Phantom is kind of like that West End production where it's a little scale yeah. back. So the, the thought is that perhaps they're grooming that tour to be on Broadway. Mm, yeah. So maybe Bad Cinderella doesn't need to have a super long run. Like if it can run through Tony season and up until um, like Magna up until they can get this show up and running, he might just be able to keep his streak, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that is a good thought. The only Broadway thing that I've really been keeping up with comes from Smart Lifts, which is Sean Hayes is in a show. Oh. I, I can't remember the name of the show, but he's playing, it's a show where um, he's playing the piano live on stage, like these very intense like pieces. And it was um, like, I think he's like helping he helped like to develop the show like it's a new show not just like a revival of something mm-hmm. um and is it a musical or a play I think it's a play okay that would explain actually, why I, I haven't I'm, heard about it it's like a lot of I don't have all of the right facts because I'm only hearing it through smart lesson I don't have a mm-hmm. great memory for these things but I know that it like had a great run in Chicago and like they're just raving, like just raving about it. Great show, great work, and it's being taken to Broadway. Like, um, maybe so I'll that's rush. That's very exciting for him. I think you maybe should. I'll, maybe I'll rush tickets. <sighs> Do we have anything else to talk about? I'm trying to think I of mean, what what events have occurred. I feel like that might be my pop culture wrap. I can talk. A little bit about the Formula One because that's truly the only thing that I follow. Do it. But um, it's been a very intense season. Max Verstappen, um, for all of you, I'm assuming that who don't know, it, I I I don't know. Um, he just won the world championship. Um, for being the racing driver with the most points, with five races left in the season, which is not unheard of, but just uncommon like nobody wants the winner to win by such a big points margin that they people physically won't be able to catch up within five races so he's shattering a lot of records not the youngest person to do this but it is a second world championship a lot of things like most amount of points there's a lot of records being shattered but his team is being um investigated for breaching the budget cap um which isn't going to revoke his championship but it's just like the other teams are going to be angry about it. And there's just been a lot of like the FIA. Um, I don't know what it stands for. Something just uh-huh. the rule ma- the rulemakers of Formula One um, have been under a lot of criticism by the teams and like big fans of the sports for just like negligence and like re- budget caps and enforcing mm-hmm. these new rules and just a lot of like unsafe procedures like there's been a lot of like accidents that they thought could have been handled better and things like that um so from from a spectator's perspective it's just very interesting to see like where the teams are going to go next season and one of my favorite drivers Daniel Ricardo, is without a seat next season so it's going to be interesting to see like 
can he scramble to get a seat? What's going to happen? Um, which if we get any sort of feedback at all that our listeners interested in Formula One, we can do an episode or half an episode on this. But we could any- do an episode of Ryan making Caroline blind react to Formula One. We could do that. We could do Ryan. <laughs> and then we could do one where you could make me blind react to like Broadway or something. Yes. Some, something that I'm not familiar with. But um, it's just interesting because I'm trying to think like that's really the only thing that's been happening because they're in season and the time in between the Oscars mm-hmm. and now. So that's like the only thing that I've yes. really been keeping up with other than our, our usual social media, whatever. Okay. But. I have two things that I thought of during your thing. All right. All right. Have you heard about the chess cheating scandal recently? No. Okay. Oh, I feel like, oh, you. I think you, I have. Okay, so I, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to explain this right. However, I will do my best. So Matt, Magnus Carlsen, I believe is his name, is one of the, like, he's been one of the greatest chess, like, grandmasters since he was, like, a child. Like, mm-hmm. he's been very, he's, like, literally a grandmaster. Like, he's so good at chess. And now he's an adult. And it was a chess I don't know, tournament, one of the, I think it was a big one, and Magnus Carlsen was going against this kid who is really, really good, and he ended up withdrawing, and people were like, Magnus Carlsen is never, never withdrawn, or very rarely withdrawn from a competition, because Magnus Carlsen believes this kid was cheating. He Um. had some, like, device that was telling him, like, what the best moves were to make, and so that's, that's what's going on in the chess world, yeah the other thing I have a question for you oh so your so your college is in upstate New York correct are a lot of people on campus fans of Buffalo sports yes okay because I have met three total people on my campus of 20,000 that are Buffalo sports fans and I only only one I've had an extended conversation with and he's not from Buffalo he's from Wayne New Jersey I, I find that now that I'm not in Buffalo, I care more about Buffalo sports. Like I went, I went out of my way today to listen to the Sabres game on odyssey.com. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, did did we win by the way? No, it was a, we were playing a really good team. Shell shocking. Can I just say, so we beat a really good team the other day. Today, we lost four to three. It was a close game. We just couldn't get together, get it together at the end against a really good team. Okay. And their one guy, their guy, their one guy, I was talking to my dad about this. Their one guy plays dirty and mm. our guys were about to get into it with him at the end. Like they were, they were about to get into a fight and got broken up. And my dad thinks that their guy is not that tough and if Darlene had actually like gotten to go at it with him you would yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah I find myself caring a lot more about Buffalo sports and like when I see like Giants fans because I met I here you get Giants fans you get Jets fans you get Eagles fans Mm. that's what you get because it's a state Mm -hmm. school so you get a lot of people from people from South Jersey which is basically Philly so you have a lot of Eagles fans so I just see that I'm like Let's go Buffalo, you know? Let's go Buffalo. Here, I've, I feel like I encounter a lot of Bills fans, like definitely like people wearing Bills merch, like on the street. Um, definitely a lot of Bills energy, like in Geneva, like in the town itself. Mm-hmm. On campus, it's very much like 
the majority of people that go here do come from out of state mm-hmm. um but it's a lot of your like Maine Vermont Connecticut Maryland so it's a lot of Pats fans and then oh. a lot of people that like pick teams like I've met like yeah. a lot of Cowboys fans because you know like yeah. America's team and all that yeah my roommate one of my one of my sweet mates is from Connecticut and she's a Cowboys fan like, yeah um but I have met like I have two friends um one is from Fredonia one is from mm-hmm. California both Bills fans and we are going to a Bills bar tomorrow Slay. um to watch the game uh but yeah it's just and definitely like you like don't really have this opportunity but I go home on the weekends not every mm-hmm. weekend but maybe like twice a month mm-hmm. um well as it's been so far but like when I when you go to Buffalo were you home over the fall break no I don't have one oh okay but like when you go to Buffalo like the city is like off its rocker like your dad's probably told you I mean people always get in for Buffalo sports and definitely when we but have this a year- good team but this is like I, Caroline, I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's like the city's electric. Like I go home and like everybody is wearing Bill's gear. It, it's it's quite literally a culture. And this is something that I will say about the Buffalo Sabres. Um, and I've thought about this a lot. There's not a lack of talent in hockey. Like there's not a lack no. of like big shot players. Like it's not like the Sabres are waiting for their Josh Allen or their Stefan Diggs to come to the team. It's the coaches. We, it's Mick. Sean McDermott has instilled such a culture in the team and like he chooses quality guys like the people that mm-hmm. you say see playing for the Buffalo Bills a they're not the type of guys to get caught out on stupid penalties they're not the type of guys like that you hear getting in trouble off the field and they're the type of people that like want to be playing for Buffalo like mm-hmm. um who's our defensive guy Von Miller right Mm-hmm. Like he is like he said Buffalo like, is where you want to be he says Buffalo is where you want to be like there's Sean, Sean, McDonald, Sean McDermott's cultivating a team of champions mm-hmm. he is the um the coach from Miracle I watched Miracle last night yes exactly that's what I've been saying it's every literally time, Miracle every time the Bills are down at halftime it's and mir- they come back and win I say he gave them the miracle speech. That's exactly what he did. I have vivid memories of like us during Sunday Jazz last year with during the, the Bills, Tampa game. The yeah, the Tampa yeah. game. The Bills are down and like we're on a break, and you're looking at me, and you're like, "He is giving them the pep talk of a lifetime in that locker room." He 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 is. He did, and he, he did. did, and he did. The other the other thing, and you can tell how the. Bill's coaching the Bill's coaching system is such a good coaching system because where is Brian Dayball right now Brian Dayball is coaching the four and one New York Giants the Giants roster is not that good Daniel Jones is a very mid quarterback he's a very mid quarterback but they're four and one Saquon Barkley I I was talking to a Giants fan and he described Saquon Barkley's ankles as glass ankles because he can't stay healthy. When he's played, he's been good. He's a really good running back, but he has glass ankles. Yeah. And so Brian Dayball is like, guys, get it together. And he's throwing to these random wide receivers. He's making random plays and they're four and one. And that just shows you how coach, like ugh, the Buffalo coaching system. The Buffalo coaching system. Yeah. I had something else. I literally don't remember what it was. I'm 
I love Buffalo sports. Me too. And all, yeah, because the Sabre, like, we got good guys. We have Owen Power. Mm-hmm. We have Paige Thompson is great. Jeff Skinner, great. Kyle Poso, like, they're slaying. They're slaying. And they're people that have played for Buffalo for a long time. Yes. Like, there's, like, they're, a... they're getting into the team aspect of it. That's why, that's why they were fighting at the end of today's game because they, like, because they're getting into it as a team. They feel the yeah. love for the team. In past years, they've just kind of been playing hockey to play hockey. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing hockey. Well. Now they're playing hockey to play for the Buffalo Sabres, you know? Yeah. And you know what? The Bills has something to do with it. Because when the Buffalo fan base is good, it's good. Mm-hmm. The best moment in my Montclair, uh, that's not the best moment in my Montclair State University time here. But I was walking to shift at work the other day. And there's, like, I was going up, like, a hill, and there's a sidewalk that, like, runs next to the hill. And I saw a girl wearing a Bills shirt. I said, go Bills. And she said, go Bills. We had an understanding. And then we moved on with our day. Yeah. Those are the best. And, like, I've had that a couple times when I've gone – the two times I've gone into the city have been on game day. So I'm wearing my little Bills shirt, and I see people in their Bills shirts, and I'm like, go Bills. And they're like, go "Go Bills. Bills. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It is time to wrap up this update. This I wouldn't even call it a podcast. I would call it a conversation. I would I think it's time to wrap up this good conversation between old friends. Yes. All right. Well, thank you to our dear listener if you've made it this far. <laughs> Genuinely, don't know how you did that, but thank you. Uh you can find us you can find this episode. I'm, if you found this episode, I'm sure you know you can find all our episodes wherever podcasts are found. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Raindrops on Roses Pod. And you can find us on Twitter at Raindrops Pod. We also have an email. It's in our Instagram bio, I believe. So I don't know. Suggestions? Tweet us. Email Suggestions? Us. Comments? Email us, please. Tweet us. Please. So with that, I guess I've been Caroline. And I guess I've been Ryan. And this has been Raindrops on Roses. This has been Raindrops on Roses. Which of our which of our listener is it me? Am if, I the what drama? if our what if what if our listener like what if listener is just like all our listeners but it's just one person so like what part like if because like the listeners are like my dad and mrs held halsing but they're like one person you're asking me what side of tiktok i think they'd be on no i'm asking you which part of our listener am i speaking to right now probably chuck cook yeah i don't know I don't know what I just said. There were a lot of words that just came out. There was a lot of words, but that, that was definitely. I I don't really know. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what I just said. It it wasn't really coherent, but I'm I'm really here for the, for the vibes.